I want to take just a moment to remind you how important it is to think on paper. I talk about it all the time. It's so important, especially if you're someone who's easily distracted. You need a notebook with you at all times. This is where you jot down your best ideas. When you think on paper, all of that creativity flows and it it sends that message out to the universe. It's crazy the things that you can manifest when you put your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, your intentions on paper. Whether you're looking for a very simple to use, effective day planner or a blank notebook to capture all of your brilliant ideas and brainstorms, the place to go is pushjournal.com. We've got blank notebooks as well as incredibly easy to use day planners. Like this is the day planner I created as someone who has ADHD who needed something super simple. We've got new designs, designs that have more blank pages or our classic push journal with a health tracker, as well as blank notebooks that are so cool. They're so adorable. Like It literally will tell people a little something about your personality when they see you writing in this notebook. Check them all out by going to pushjournal.com. Wow, do I have a juicy piece of gossip to share with you today. Like you are going to, like I don't even know how or where to start. And you have to promise me that you will not repeat this, but like this is something I feel like you need to know, okay? Isn't it crazy how like when we hear the word gossip, like, Our heart rate gets up, we kind of feel excited, even though I'm sure you, like anyone else, has said before, like, I'm not a gossip, I don't like gossip, I think gossip is a horrible thing, but yet we still want to hear gossip, right? And unless you're perfect, I assume that you have engaged in, quote, talking about somebody outside of their presence. All right, so today we're going to talk about gossip. So today I want to have an honest conversation about gossip. Learning that someone has gossiped about us does not feel good. I mean, this happens to all of us, right? But I I recently had an experience where this happened to me in a, a rather profound way, at a rather profound and interesting moment. And of course, of course, I'm human. So at first it felt very personal. But then I just kind of like step back. And as I do when I feel sad or overwhelmed or unsure of anything, I kind of go into research mode. And so instead of sitting in anger or feeling hurt or defensive or any of those things, I decided to just like to really try to understand the human side of gossip. And we all do it. I've gossiped about people. So have you. We all have done it. We've all said that we don't like it. We've all probably also said like, I don't like people who gossip, yet we love hearing gossip. I mean, it is undeniable that it's part of our human nature and we're drawn to it, yet it's so hurtful. And so like, that's the thing I was trying to figure out this week. Like, why why are we all so drawn to gossip or to hear gossip or to hear things or to even partake in gossip, yet we know it's so hurtful and so painful. Okay, so I'm going to break this down from my own personal experience this week. And I really hope that this helps you. If nothing else, I want you to save this episode because it's going to happen if it hasn't already happened to you in the past, it's going to happen in the future. Just it happens to all of us. And I want you to I want you to save this episode because I think this is going to really help take this thing out when it is about you. Yeah, so I'm going to start by just sharing my own personal story, a couple of them. Because so like when I think about different times when people have brought gossip to me, you know how that goes. Like someone will come to you and say like, hey, I heard this about you or I don't know if you know this, but so-and-so said this about you or I've heard fill in the blank. I mean, of course, there's always that rare, very uncomfortable situation where somebody accidentally sends a text about you (laughs) to you and then it's just really clear that people were gossiping about you or it's rare that somebody accidentally forwards an email about you to you or and it's even more rare that you overhear a conversation between two people who know you discussing you I mean it happens but more often than not like when I think about instances where someone has brought gossip to me, it's somebody bringing it to me. It's someone who I'm friends with or I'm a, I'm an acquaintance with. I've never had like a complete stranger bring gossip to me. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever had a complete stranger come up to you and say like, oh, hey, I've heard this, this, this about you? No, 
You haven't. Why is that? Well, you're going to understand why in just a second. But anyways, I want to start with like, when I think about gossip, I have some specific memories. And I don't have a very good memory. Like, maybe you've heard me say this before. Like, my memory when someone has wronged me or done something that was kind of shady or whatever, like I forget, I totally forget. And sometimes Brett and I will, I don't know, I'll go like, oh, I need to send so-and-so a card or, you know, so-and-so asked me to do a podcast for them or whatever. And then Brett will be like, and you're going to do it? Don't you remember what they did? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I probably shouldn't, huh? But I just, I don't hold a grudge. I'm quick to forgive. And more importantly, I'm really quick to forget. That's probably the bigger issue. But when it comes to these memories I have around gossip, I remember them as clear as day. So I'm going to start with one that happened about two years ago. This was a a newer friendship. You know, not someone I see on a regular basis. Now, this isn't someone who I was thinking we were going to be best friends. We don't live near each other. It's an acquaintance of an acquaintance. And we were just kind of getting to know each other. And this person said to me, hey, I think you should know that I've heard from someone that when it comes to friendships, not to expect much from you. And wow, did that rub me the wrong way? Because I I know how I am as a friend. Like, I know who I am. It didn't make me defensive. It didn't make me feel defensive, like, as if I had to defend myself. What it made me defensive of is the person who was bringing me that information, like, what was the intent? Why, why would they say that to me? So I asked, like, if I can give you like one piece of advice, when someone comes to you with gossip, unless you know their intent, because some, sometimes you do, right? But in this instance, I was like, hmm, this makes me very suspicious about this person who I don't know very well. What's the intention behind telling me this? And so the first thing I do when someone brings me gossip about me first need to know why they're telling me. Unless, of course, they think it's true. And if they think it's true and it's really negative, I'd be like, well, then why would we even be friends, right? So, you know, that's the first thing is I think we always have to question what is the intention of the person who's bringing you the gossip? And it's not always bad. More often than not, there is an intention behind it. It's not them just like wanting to protect you. Even though we often bring gossip to other people and and we say that I have to tell you this because I feel like you need to know, which is often followed up by the the messenger telling you, but please don't tell them that I told you. So then really, what is the intent of sharing that gossip about somebody? All it will do is make them feel bad, right? And if they can't confront, if you're asking them not to confront the person who said this, then really what you're doing is just asking them to feel bad. And so it may be subconscious. It may be subconscious, and and we're going to talk about different scenarios, but there's often an intent that really has nothing to do with like protecting or informing you. It's deeper than that. It's We are communicating our own beliefs, our own fears, and we're, we're communicating something about ourselves. In this example, I asked my new friend, if she could tell me who it was who had shared that with her. And here's why I wanted to know that. I wasn't planning on confronting that person, but it would help me to understand what was the nature of my personal relationship or personal history with this person who had made remarks about the nature of how I am in a friendship. Because I didn't know, is this someone who thought that we had a friendship and maybe it was just someone I knew professionally or somebody who... Maybe I just, I met them, but I didn't feel a connection. Or or maybe it was somebody who I would call myself friendly with. I would call them a friend, but I just didn't have that same level of attraction or interest. I didn't want to develop the friendship further. Like It kind of would help me to understand this person's opinion, which they're entitled to, if I knew who the person was. And so I asked if they could share with me the name of the person who had said that. Not so I could defend myself, but so that I could understand their opinion, because a lot of times you have to remember, gossip is information about us, which is different from lies. There are lies and there are things that people can say that are malicious and hurtful and exaggerated or taken out of context, or they're like really meant to defame you. They're meant to disparage you. And that's kind of different, especially if they're lies, versus someone who's got an opinion that isn't very 
kind or favorable of you. And so in this particular instance, there was somebody who didn't have a very favorable opinion of me as a friend. And I wanted to know, not so I could defend it, but so that I could understand it. And when I pushed and asked if I could just have the name, I wouldn't confront them, but if I could have that person's name, she explained to me that it was actually something that she heard from someone who isn't my friend who heard it from somebody else. Okay, so I mean, now it's total gossip. But what that did, and I had this conversation with that new friend, what it did is it told me that she was communicating to me her own values. See, that's, okay, that's what you have to understand. We go to people with gossip, if you will, for a couple different reasons. We go to them, let's talk, let's do that. Let's, Let's circle back and talk about the reasons why I was going to say people gossip. The reason why we all gossip, if you think you don't gossip, you're, you've lost your mind. Like everybody does, even though sometimes it's benign gossip. I guarantee when you get together with your family members, you talk about other family members who aren't there. And that's, that's benign gossip. You're sharing information. You're storytelling. But that person isn't there. You're talking about someone who's not there. So technically, that could be construed as gossip, even though it might not be negative. It might be completely benign. It might be all things you would say in front of that person that's still considered gossip. And we do that because it's what we have in common. The same way with the people you work with, the reason why you talk about the other people you work with and not... You don't talk about your family as much at work. You talk about your coworkers because that's what you have in common. So that's one reason why we gossip. Another reason why we, again, gossip, and it could be benign, it could be, you know, harmless, is to just stay connected, to be in the loop with each other. We interrupt this broadcast to answer frequently asked questions about CBD. It's crazy how many questions I get about this topic and how many misconceptions there are about CBD. First of all, CBD, there are many different forms, there's many different types, and you can buy it now at your local gas station. Because it's not regulated by the FDA, you need to be hella careful about using a very reputable company. Some things you need to understand about CBD. First of all, the type of CBD that my soul CBD produces is a pure CBD, which means you can't get high from it. There is no THC, which is the part of the plant that gives you that hallucinogenic or the high characteristics that people refer to. My soul CBD is an isolate. There's no other ingredients. It's pure. And the other reason why I love my soul CBD is because they actually care about the manufacturing process, how it's farmed, how it's packaged, quality control, and taste. CBD oils are very much like protein powders. Like there's some stuff on the market because it's not regulated where you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're paying for. You don't know what you're putting in your body. And that's why it is so imperative that you go with a company that actually cares about the reputation and the quality of their ingredients and has that brand integrity. And that's why I recommend My Soul CBD. I encourage you to give them a try and get 15% off by going to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. You'll get 15% off. All right. So what should you pick up your first time? Well, I'm a big fan of the watermelon flavored dropper oils that you just put under your tongue or you can put it in a drink. If you're not into oils, their gummies are like quite tasty, I might add. Their new sleepy gummy. Those are remarkable. Those are my three picks. Try yours now and the whole line of CBD products by going to mysoulcbd.com. Again, it's mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. And that's the important part because that's going to give you 15% off automatically at checkout. If you want to enter a code, you can. It's code 15, but you shouldn't need to. You should just be able to just go directly to that link. Mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. All right, back to the show. We have been sharing our morality and our beliefs and our cultural norms with each other through storytelling for thousands of years. I mean, before we had social media, before we had cell phones and text messaging and Facebook and all those things, you know, that's how we kind of protected each other. It's how we shared social norms. It's how we were able to disseminate information and protect each other. And it's also how we entertained each other. It's, how, it's, it's what we did for entertainment is we told stories. And, and so it's very much ingrained in our human nature. 
And I'm just saying that because I don't think we need to feel bad about doing that. I think it's also good to know that everyone freaking does it. Everyone does. Your your next door neighbor doesn't know the people you work with. Your next door neighbor knows other neighbors. So you talk to your next door neighbor about other people in the neighborhood. When you're at work, you talk to your coworkers about other people who you work with. When you're at church, what do all the other parishioners have in common? The pastor and the other parishioners and your friends group. What do you guys have in common? You have each other in common. And when you're on a sports team, like I remember so much freaking gossip. I hated it but because it was rude and it was negative and I understood what was motivating it. But a lot of the parents would gossip endlessly about these grown men who had volunteered their time to coach these people's young boys, like for free, P.S. And we're talking about 11-year-olds. And, and so parents would get together and they would gossip about the coaches. And the reason why they would do that was to make themselves feel better about whatever it was they weren't happy with that was happening on the field. That's why they were gossiping. But they were gossiping because that's what they all have in common is that coach. So we do this to have common ground. We do this sometimes to feel better about ourselves or to regain power. It's also how we make sense of the world and so that it doesn't distort our own view of ourselves. Like, I'm sure you've seen influencers say this all the time, like, I've got all these haters. You know, and th- that's almost like gossiping about somebody who disagrees with you. So I've talked about this recently. I had all these people who were not a lot, not all these people. I had some people, the majority of people thought it was a beautiful dress, but there were a few people who were very boisterous and not very polite about the way that they expressed to me that they did not care for my choice of dress. Now, were they hating on me? Were they were they being rude? Uh, probably. But were they haters? Were they attacking me? No. They were sharing their opinion. And their opinion was that my dress was not their choice. They would have chosen something else. They felt that my my choice of dress was inappropriate. But that doesn't really make them a hater even though it might make me feel better. And I could tell that a lot of people were trying to make me feel better. So I would, I got tons of messages or comments under my dress. They would say, Shaleen, don't listen to those haters. You know, those are just unhappy, selfish people who are, they're just haters. Now, if I needed to feel better about my choice of dress, it would have been easier for me to say, yeah, those are just haters. But I felt really good about my choice of dress. And because they have a, an opinion that's different than mine, didn't, subtract from that. It didn't take anything away from it. People just have different opinions and different tastes and they would have wore a different dress to the wedding. But one of the reasons why people do say untrue things about others or to say things that are no one else's business or to spread rumors or to to gossip in a way that's malicious is often an unconscious, like people don't even realize they're doing this. They don't even know that they're, sometimes they do, but more often than not, people don't even realize that their true colors are showing that their own insecurities or their own jealousies or their own lack of feeling like they're, like they want to elevate their own image sometimes in their own minds. And sometimes it is to make themselves appear better. Like they're, they're better than that person. Again, this this all happens on a very subconscious level, and we all have done it. I'm not proud of the fact that I've done that too. And it, it takes some self-reflection. Like when you're saying something that's not very nice, it's just taking something out of context or it's blowing something out of proportion. Oftentimes, like what we're doing is we're self-deceiving. In other words, from the standpoint of human nature, we all know that like to gossip and lie is a bad thing. Like that's bad. We know that. And we would hate that if people did that about us. So the way that we can feel good or justified or better about the fact that we are sharing negative gossip about somebody is by rationalizing it or or self-deceiving ourselves. We begin to rationalize and believe and convince ourselves that what we're saying is true and it's in the best interest of other people to convince them not to like this person, not to talk to this person, not to trust this person. And the only way I can avoid feeling like a bad person is to not admit to myself that I've gone too far or that I'm saying things that are untrue. And the way that we do this is all subconscious, but subconsciously we convince ourselves, no, what I'm saying is actually true. So we begin to deceive ourselves. We begin to look for instances that prove our point so that when we do try to convince other people (laughs) that what we're saying is true, we protect ourselves 
from feeling bad. We will actually convince ourselves that we're not gossiping. We're, we're helping to inform or protect others. And again, this is stuff that we're like, we're hardwired to do this. This is how our ancestors conveyed like the social norms, like what is socially acceptable in this group? Our prehistoric ancestors used gossip or storytelling, whatever you want to call it, or saying things that were untrue about another member of the group or maybe their own negative opinion of the, about that member of the group in an effort to compete for resources, resources of food, resources of power, mate selection. We gossip to establish our own hierarchy in relationships. And like, you know, if you're girls or if you've raised girls, this stuff gets so thick in middle school. Like if you can help your young daughter get through middle school unscathed by gossip, that would be a total miracle. But so like what girls do, I don't know if this is like a middle school boy thing, but it for sure is a middle school girl thing. I know I experienced it. I know many of my girlfriends have with their daughters. I experienced it with Sierra and her girlfriends. Girls just don't do well in groups. Like a group of five girls, pretty rare. In middle school, doesn't happen. They they need to pair off. And so if there's like three girls in the group or four girls in the group, well, Madison only wants to have a relationship with Ashley. And so Madison will start telling Ashley untrue, hurtful things about the other girls in the group to kind of break the bond so that she feels like, oh yeah, I can't trust them. I don't like, yeah, we we don't like them. And if if I like that person, then Madison won't like me. And adults do this too. I mean, I have been with grown ass women and men who, because I will bring up somebody else in our industry, they will say something really terrible <laughs> about somebody who I don't know, and they probably don't know very well either. And it really just, it's obvious that they're trying to elevate their status. Now, here's the other thing you really have to be careful about with gossip, because again, when we get together, what we have in common is the people that both of us know. And so it's very natural to talk about those people. It's very natural to poke fun and to joke around. I personally think that's natural. It's normal. And it's usually harmless. When it isn't harmless is when that joking and poking turns into comments about a person's character or when you're saying things that you wouldn't say to that person or you wouldn't want them to know you said it about them. Then it becomes hurtful. Then you have to question why it is you said it. Then you have to question if, in fact, you are talking that way to elevate yourself, to make yourself feel better. Or is it just for entertainment? Are you doing it because you want to stay in the loop? Are you doing it because this is all you have in common? Or are you doing it because you're trying to manipulate the way other people think about this person? Are you subconsciously trying to change other people's opinion of this person because you don't feel like you measure up? Do you have a sense of jealousy or envy? If you're really being honest with yourself, is there something about this person that you're saying something mean or untrue or exaggerated this gossip that you're passing around, is it because you're jealous? Is it because you do feel a, a little twinge of envy? What is your intention? And then there is the gossip that you'll hear in family, amongst family members, or in sometimes in, in churches or in religious organizations. You will hear gossip or accusations about a person's morality or their character or what they're doing or if it's biblical or spiritual or if it's in alignment. And it's motivated by this attempt to regulate the group, right? So if, gosh, if one person decides that it's okay to uh, break tradition or violate one of the family or the spiritual beliefs, that can feel like a threat to the safety of the whole community, right? And so that's often why a lot of churches, like that's one of the, I shouldn't say this, like, please don't take this personal. I'm not talking about your church. But if you've ever been a member of a small church, you know that gossip runs rampant. And everybody's talking about so-and-so having an affair with so-and-so. And did you hear that such-and-such did such-and-such? And did you see what his wife was wearing? And, and this happens in families too, because families, again, are these very tight-knit groups that they need each other to survive and to thrive and to procreate and to continue on the legacy, right? And so gossip in families and in religious organizations is a way to keep control of the group so that the group can continue to thrive and grow, at least from an evolutionary standpoint. And sometimes from a biblical standpoint, I mean, I, can you imagine the gossip? I mean, in the Bible, it 
does say, and it's from Leviticus 19.19, you shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. <laughs> like, can you imagine the gossip that took place when the first Christian wore a poly lycra blend? Now, I'm joking. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of things in the Bible that like if we take them very literally, and at, I'm sure at some point, I'm sure in some religions that is still the case and it comes from people's beliefs and those beliefs are are they come from a good place you know I, i don't think there's ill intent but it's definitely a place of fear it is fear that makes us want to control others it is fear and insecurity that makes us say horrible things about people who we know are not horrible people gossip is often used to communicate or express or to confirm to others what it is that we stand for, right? So if if I'm gossiping to you about the fact that I saw my neighbor leaving the grocery store and she just left her cart right next to her car, she didn't even put it away. By me telling you that story, what I'm doing is I'm telling you what kind of person I believe I am. I'm telling you that I think I'm superior. I'm telling you that this person is a bad person, that they did that, and I don't have to tell you that I would never do that. I don't have to tell you that I'm better than that. Simply by me sharing that story, I'm implying by gossiping, I'm implying to you that I'm better than that and that this is a bad person. This is one of the ways that we subconsciously convey or consciously convey our beliefs, our morality, our ethics even to our children. Like I remember specifically saying negative things about people in an effort to convey to my children my own beliefs without telling them, without having to tell them like, hey, I don't want you to become a smoker. or Hey, I don't want you to do drugs. We never had to like say those things because they would hear us speaking negatively about people who did those things. And in speaking negatively about those people, and you can call it gossip, we were, in essence, conveying to our children our own beliefs. That happens a lot in families and, again, in religious communities. But it can happen in groups of, you know, this is how we communicate our own beliefs and morality oftentimes. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? It depends. It, de- it really depends on your intent. Is your intent to have others think more highly of you? Is your intent to cast aspersions? Is your intent to make this other person look bad because you're actually jealous that they're doing something that you wish you could do or wish you had? Gossip serves a purpose. It keeps us safe at times. It entertains us. It can distract us. It's how we share stories. It's how we connect. It's how we bond. And most gossip is benign. It's not a big deal. It's probably taken out of context. But when the intent is to disrupt a bond, when the intent is to convince other people that someone else is bad to elevate your own status, when gossip is meant to make yourself feel better or so that you can reestablish power or to discredit somebody because of your own insecurities, jealousy, envy, or revenge, then gossip is destructive. It's devastating. It can ruin relationships. It can ruin a person's reputation. The person who's gossiping, it can ruin their reputation. It can ruin the reputation of the person that they're gossiping about. It can ruin a marriage. It can destroy opportunities. It can destroy businesses. It can ruin relationships. It can ruin a person's life. Then you throw in the online nature of gossip. You know how people text message and they write things on blogs and on Facebook posts. And these aren't just private words that were exchanged in a conversation. Oftentimes, gossip lives forever now. I mean, these are words that you've put out into the stratosphere that live on and on and on. And it's one of the reasons why teen suicide is so high. These kids aren't just dealing with somebody whispering to somebody else at the lunch table. Today, the gossip that kids have to deal with is it's digital. It's somebody sending a text message to somebody else who takes a screenshot, who posts it up to TikTok, and now this kid is thinking about ending their life because some insecure jerk decided to gossip about them. Evil, hideous, slanderous lies, even hideous opinions that are not based in truth, sharing them with other people and slandering somebody and denigrating someone's character because 
of your own insecurities or jealousy or envy or because you're going through a tough time because subconsciously you're envious that they're experiencing joy and blessings and you want to knock them down one just to keep things fair. That kind of gossip is is so destructive. This is uncomfortable stuff to think. Like nobody wants to admit that they've done this. Worse yet, nobody wants to think that you do it on a regular basis. But I think almost everyone, I mean, I can't imagine that anyone is listening right now who hasn't done this on some level. Like even when you were in high school and your boyfriend, maybe you caught him like glancing at another girl. Maybe you were perfect and confident and you said something like, oh, she's pretty, isn't she? Or maybe you were, you know, a human and you said something snarky like, that is the ugliest outfit I've ever seen. Or did you know that she slept with so-and-so? You you say things to distract that person, to change their opinion, to get them to think higher of you, right? And so on a bigger scale or a smaller scale or a less important scale, I mean, we've done it on some level. The problem is when we're adults and we're doing it and we don't recognize the harm that it does and that it doesn't actually make us feel good. It doesn't. And ironically, it never makes the person who hears the gossip think more of you. They usually think a lot less of you. Even if they do nod and agree and don't challenge you on the things that you're saying, because we've all done that too, right? You've heard people say something. You were like, this is so off base. This person is clearly jealous. This person is clearly trying to make themselves feel better or whatever. This person's exaggerating. This person is gossiping. But you'll still, it's, it's hard to walk away from that. And I commend anyone who does, especially when you hear someone else calling a person's character or morality into question. You can joke around about my friends. You can joke around the people I work with, people in my family, etc. But if you call into question the morality or character of someone who I admire, someone who I love and trust, and I know what that what you're saying isn't true, that will not fly with me. And I've had this happen on several occasions, like even with close friends who have just asked like one of those questions that you can tell is kind of judgy. Do you think maybe so and so feels entitled around you, like expects you to pay for, you know, or whatever? Like I've had a friend make an accusation or just ask the kind of question, a question that felt accusational. That's one example where a friend was asking a question, but the way the question was phrased, it was very clear that they were trying to see if we were on the same page. It's almost like taking someone's temperature, trying to figure out, is this a safe place to say this? Does this person agree with me? And whether it's asking a question as a way to test the waters, or if it's just coming right out and saying to a friend, hey, I just don't think that so-and-so is a very caring person, or I, I don't think that they have the best intentions whatever it might be, when you're calling somebody else's character into question, and it's somebody whose character I know personally, I have a problem with that. And I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to defend that person. In part, and if I'm being honest, like part of the reason why I'm going to defend that person is I'm also defending myself. Like when I believe and I like someone and I love someone, I'm going to defend them because it's, in essence, I'm kind of like defending my own character, if that makes sense. And and I guess the other reason why I do that is because I would hope that person would do that for me. I am not the kind of person who's going to stand there and nod. I'm going to make it really, really uncomfortable. Just know this. If we're best friends, I am going to take off my hoops and I'm going to defend the shit out of our relationship. And I'm going to defend your character, partly because character and morality, those kinds of things are like really important to me. And I'm, I'm very selective about the people who I love and care for. And I'm also a big believer in like direct and honest communication about things like that. I am very comfortable with direct communication. Yet I know for some people, especially based on their own experience, their childhood, the way they were raised, the communication style in their own home, that can feel like confrontation. That can feel like they're going to get in trouble. It could feel like a fight to stand up to someone or to disagree with somebody. And I understand that. And I've had to really learn to understand that in the last week. Apparently, a 
friend, someone who I've known for a very long time, approached another one of my friends and shared some very unpleasant, to say the least, opinions about my character, my authenticity, like things that are like really important to me. Ironically, someone whose character I have defended on on many occasions, someone who, yeah, I mean, I kind of like stood up and battled for them in quite a few situations over the last couple of years, even very much to my own detriment, someone who I stood up for had some pretty horrible things to say. I mean, we're, we're not talking about like things about my personality because there's a lot to say about my personality. I've got lots of, I've got lots of personality flaws. Let's face it, it's not easy being with friends with someone who has ADHD to the extent that I do. We're not talking about that. We're talking about some pretty horrible things to say about my character. Now, sometimes when people are gossiping and they're sharing their opinion about you, you can say that it's not true for you. You can say that it's that person's perspective. But the things that were said about me, these weren't like opinion things. These were we don't need to get into it. It's pointless because they weren't true. I was like in complete shock. <laughs> like literally like, what? What? And the piece that for me was most shocking is that I just would have never expected it in a million years, number one. And number two, that this person would have come to someone who I was so close with. And lastly, the timing of it, you know, it being my daughter's wedding. Was it terribly upsetting? Beyond. And it was upsetting because it was complicated. And I, I didn't want to rush any judgment. I wanted to give myself permission to just simmer on it and like think it through and ask the questions in my head. So I wanted to understand why this person, who I wasn't as close with, because when, when you have something really horrible to say about another friend, right, and you're all, all of you are acquaintances, typically aren't going to say that unless you've gotten some sense that you're both kind of on the same page. We test the waters with like little playful comments like, oh, we're we on the same page. And then those playful joking comments become a little bit more crass maybe or more damaging. And we, we try to pick up on the cues like, okay, so is this person on the same page as me? Are they going to go there? Right? So my biggest concern was why was my very close friend why did this person come to them? Did they feel like, are they on the same page? So the first thing I had to figure out was like, okay, does my close friend believe that there's any validity to any of this? And I needed a couple of days to like kind of process the way that she handled it, which was non-confrontational. It was very, very upsetting to her. She did not want to tell me that this had happened. In fact, she didn't even come to me. It was just, I mentioned to her, wow, so-and-so felt really, you know, when I talked to them, it felt like I felt disconnected. It felt really distant. And that's when I could just sense that something else had happened. And she was like, you don't need to hear this. I know you, Shaleen. I know you. I know how you feel. I know that this information will not serve you, so I'm not going to say anything. And I said, hold on, hold on. Your reaction is like, I can tell something major happened. You have to tell me. I need to know. It was hard for her to tell me those things. And I think it was, I think she felt really burdened by that information. I think she felt conflicted. Like, do I just take this to my grave? Let these two people pretend they like each other? Do I let Shaleen go on thinking that this person thinks highly of her? So she was really conflicted. I think she was also conflicted because she knows me and she knows that I was going to say, and what did you say? <laughs> Which is what I did ask. Anyways, we worked through all of that. And I'm making it sound like it was really easy, but it wasn't. Like we we really had to have some deep conversations. I needed to understand where our friendship was. I needed to understand how it was that conversation happened. And I needed to understand if there had been other conversations like that and how she felt about that. I needed to understand how she responded, which was really different from the way I would have responded. I have to thank my Patreon members because like that, that's just a really neat, tight-knit group. And so many of you, when I, we talked about this conflict resolution, so many of you also said, like, I hate conflict. And when I hear somebody else gossiping, I nod and it makes me feel sick to my stomach, but I don't say anything because, because I'm so afraid of conflict. 
and like hearing like the, that the majority of women said that they would have also responded very passively, even if somebody was saying this like about their sister or their mother or their very best friend, that they would have responded passively made me, it just helped me to understand like it's just a human nature thing. Some people are really, really shy away from conflict, freeze, kind of go into shock. And then there are those who it's like, you know, fight or flight. And and, and there are those of us who just, you know, come out swinging and we're not afraid to to have direct conversation, to ask the uncomfortable questions. And that doesn't make one right or wrong. It just it just is what it is. And I think I think we're gonna have a much stronger relationship because we care about each other enough to work through that. And to not dismiss something as being right or wrong because of the way someone if someone handles something differently than what you would, you know? And and that feels good. That feels good. Okay, so then what about the person who had these not so pleasant, really horrific things to say about me. Well, I I sent them a text and I let them know that I had heard what they had said. And this person just responded with basically like two sentences. I think it was like, I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about it? And I said, "Mm, not now. I mean, it was like the day after my daughter's wedding. Do I want to talk about it in the future? You know, I, I I don't know that there is anything to talk about. I know what I won't do. I won't I won't waste any energy trying to defend myself something that's like so crazy. You know what I mean? And and maybe in the past I would have, but I'm in such a different space today where and it has a lot to do with emotional intelligence, just understanding where another person is mentally and what might make them behave or the way they do or say the things that they might do or even to feel the way that they might feel, you know, and Like, it is such a freeing place to be to recognize that I don't need to change other people's opinion, that they're entitled to them. And I'm also entitled to move on. I'm also entitled to, to move onward and upward. And you know, if if that person, if they need resolution, if they want to discuss it, I am open to it. But, you know, there's just, here's the thing. Life is very short. You are not going to make everybody happy. You can't please everybody. You can't change people's, you can't force people to have a different opinion of you. You have a finite, a limited amount of energy, of love, of time available. And so choose wisely where you spend it. Why would we waste time and money and energy and love and all the things, especially emotion, on people who just are not on your you're, you're on different paths. You're on different levels. You're on different planets. You're in different seasons, whatever it might be. Just like, you know, bless them, pray for them. Of course, if there's some truth to what someone might say, I think it's important to evaluate it. But if there's like zero amount of truth and a lot of anger and hate and resentment or jealousy or envy or fear associated with what someone has said about you, there's really, there's not much you can or should do about that. And so I just, the way that I've moved on is to just accept that that's how they feel and move on. If somebody had sent me that text and it's I had said horrible things about them, but I wanted to salvage the relationship, I would have replied like, I'm so sorry, I was in a mood or it was the wine talking or I don't know what you heard, but you might have taken things out of context or I would like an opportunity to explain. But I think just this person replying, I'm sorry, implies that that, that's that's their perspective and it's their opinion and that they are saying these things about me. And so what can you do? You know, it, it does not change who I am. And I've had to learn that on just a few occasions, but then you also have to look at, you have to look at why people say things that are untrue about you. What is their motivation? And I, I literally looked at the list of the reasons why people gossip. And, and some of the reasons why we gossip are useful. When I say gossip, like I almost think we should almost say some of the reasons why we talk about someone else when they are not in our presence, because there are lots of opportunities. You have probably even done it today. We've talked about somebody who's not in your presence, but you haven't done so in a way that was defamatory or that included lies or that was intended to make somebody else 
think less of this person. We often do this because we're trying to connect, to catch up, to make sense of, to relate. But there isn't any malicious, evil, or ill-willed intent. And I guess maybe that that's talking about somebody, but when we're saying things that are malicious, saying things that we know are going to warp another person's or change or shift or manipulate someone else's opinion about someone else. And it's not based in fact, it's it's based on rumor or it's based on our opinion or it's based on exaggeration or lies or resentment or, or any of those things. You know, the Bible says that's a sin. And are we all sinners? Of course. Have I engaged in that kind of gossip? Yeah, of course I have. And I don't feel good about it. And that's the thing is when you do engage in that kind of gossip about someone else, it never makes you feel good. It always makes you feel worse. Always. Always. And when you are the person that's being gossiped about, even if you know that what people are saying is complete lies, or that it's rooted in jealousy, or it's rooted in fear, or it's rooted in resentment, whatever it is, it's still really painful. It can still bring up pain. It can still bring up self-doubt. It can make you question your own judgment about other people. I mean, it can really mess with your head. And it's really important that you, you move through that by reminding yourself who you are and also taking a look at what would be the motivation Look at the motivation. Look at the intention behind what this person said. Look at the list of the reasons why people gossip and put in perspective. And if that's ever happened, or if maybe that is happening right now to you, I want to leave you with some words of wisdom from some very wise people. So why does gossip start and spread? We get so caught up in the moment that we don't pause to orient ourselves to another person's perspective, to better understand why they do what they do and say what they say. Instead, the biases of our brains whisper in our ears every single day that on a scale of one to 10, I'm a seven, baby, and everybody else is a four. When we decide that our choices and behavior is virtuous and that others is less so, it gives us permission to experience contempt. And then we invite others to join us in that contempt. Why would a good person act this way? Is a question we can ask ourselves that immediately turns us into a more emotionally intelligent member of a team. You know, one of the things that Maya Angelou used to always say to me, and I love this, I actually said it at her memorial service, she used to say to me, because in the beginning it used to bother me so much when people mm-hmm. would talk about the haters. And she used to say to me, baby, those people can't hold a candle to the light that God already has <laughs> shining on your face. Yeah. Can't you see the light that God has shining on your face? That's and so I learned to focus on the light that God has shining on my face and wow. not worry about the people who are trying to put up a candle and burn it. I'm trying to make a dream come true. I don't have time for nonsense. What they say about me in the blogs, it don't matter what they say, they don't know me. God keeps blessing me. It don't matter what you say. You got to know who you are and whose you are. I know who I am and I know who I belong to. And that God of mine ain't going to let nothing happen to me. We all have people that come against us, make negative comments. Human nature is to get in there and try to straighten them out, prove to them how they're wrong. But the problem with this approach is as soon as you get one person straightened out, three more will pop up. If you're constantly trying to defend yourself, you'll get distracted fighting battles that you were never supposed to fight. Do you know how much energy it takes to try to pay somebody back? You are spending emotional energy that you need for your dreams. You don't have to defend yourself. God said he will defend you. Quit worrying about the chatter, the negative comments. Those are all distractions. So one of my favorite quotes by Ralph Waldo Emerson is that the most difficult thing for a man to do is to be himself in a world that's constantly trying to change him. So what do you do? Easier said than done, but what I have to do is you've got to ignore everyone. If you want to be true to yourself without being sullied by the opinions, either good or bad, negative or positive, because they're both forms of slavery, 
You've got to close your door. You've got to shut off your phone. You've got to shut off your computer. You've got to sit down. You've got to be with yourself and God. And let it speak through you purely. Become a hollow reed. Unobstructed by the opinions, positive and negative, of other people. What people think about you and the possibilities for your dream is none of your business. They have no imagination, ladies and gentlemen. Let me share something with you. History is being read, but it's also being written by people with imagination. You've got to find ways to increase your sense of self-appreciation because if you don't program yourself, life will program you. Are you surrounding yourself with people that can nourish you? Is your life an adventure or is it boring? You don't want to ever put yourself into a situation where you have a limited vision and you're only using a limited amount of your talents and of your abilities. The way you tend to feel about yourself, your identity, your self-esteem, your self-worth is largely determined by what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. Let me say it again. The way you feel about yourself your self-esteem, your self-worth is largely determined, whether you realize it or not, by what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. You're chosen, you're forgiven, you're accepted, you're loved, you're valuable, you're priceless, you got something to offer, and when you mess up, you're forgiven. This is who you really are. You're chosen by God, you're loved by God, you're accepted by God. You, you, you have a contribution to make in your life, your value and your worth uh, are priceless, and, and you're forgiven. That is your true identity. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. And if you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shaleen.com. 